0: Hi, it's David here. If you hit the subscribe button on your podcast provider, you will never miss an episode of The Leader. We're bringing you news analysis and commentary every day at 4pm, so make sure you don't miss out. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David and The exam results fiasco.
1: Some of the teachers say that they assessed the students and some of those marks have been moderated by two grades or even three in some cases
0: our education editor anna davis says nearly 40 percent of students have their a-levels downgraded and (laughs) could the oxford street lights switch on in autumn why christmas may come early and the plans to save the west end Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, what went wrong with the exams?
2: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
3: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance.
0: Any teacher will tell you if you don't prepare before your exams, they won't go very well. The government knew it would be tested with the A-level results. It had weeks to prepare after a similar shambles in Scotland. It was clear there would be issues when schools closed months ago. And yet the same problems have appeared first students trying to log in to get their results had to wait because the system couldn't handle the demand then in the year coronavirus meant there were no exams so teachers sent their recommended grades it was revealed nearly 40 percent of results had been lowered and if you want to appeal based on your mock tests you can't just now because the procedure to do it hasn't been set up yet The exam regulator Ofqual cancelled a press conference this morning, leaving Education Secretary Gavin Williamson alone to explain it all in the media rounds. This is him on LBC.
2: There are going to be youngsters at the end of this process who will get their grade, and quite simply, that grade is the wrong grade. And we need to ensure that there's a robust and as fair a system for those young people to get the grade that they want.
0: Our editorial column expects improvement.
4: Somehow, the government has managed to replace a blunt instrument with one that is barely workable. Its new A-level grading plan, formulated at the 11th hour, is already in chaos.
2: I was getting A-stars in coursework, I was getting A-stars in classwork, and I was really expecting an A-star in my English. I received A-stars throughout the year, so it's just, I'm just a bit baffled as to why I got an A and didn't receive the A-star. I can't go to the university that I want to go to to do the course that I'd like to do.
4: Ministers must work fast to sort out the mess, but they face even bigger tests. They must find a remedy to the problem that their new plan still risks putting poorer students at a disadvantage. These pupils now face three potential hurdles. The first is that the government's standardization formula takes schools' past performance into account, which could mean richer pupils get a boost. The second is having to navigate the appeals process, which favours those with sharp-elbowed middle-class parents. The third is that many state schools have offered far less in the way of teaching than private ones. The latter problem at least has a clear answer. Schools must open as soon as possible.
0: The Evening Standards Education Editor Anna Davis is with me. Anna, you've been talking to teachers this morning. What do they make of all this?
1: Well, I think they are exasperated and shocked. Some of the teachers I spoke to in the past few days were already upset by the government's sort of last minute change in the way that marks were going to be graded. So allowing students to use their mock exam marks uh, to appeal against their results today. So I think the teachers were already slightly unsettled by, by this last minute change. And Some of the teachers we've spoken to today are surprised by some of the results that their students have got, uh, to put it mildly. They say that they assessed the students and said what they thought they should have got. um, And some of those marks have been moderated and changed quite dramatically, some of them by two grades or even three in some cases. And they uh, are, are just trying to work out how this has happened.
0: Is there any explanation for what's happened, Anna?
1: Well, um, so obviously it's all started because no students could take their exams because of the coronavirus and they had to come up with a way of giving them a mark so they could carry on with their lives and get into university or, or jobs or further study. So teachers were asked to grade their students and give them what they thought they would have got in an exam and then they put them in rank order and then Ofqual moderated those teacher assessments using an algorithm and it's this algorithm which has come in for criticism because uh, it does take into account the school's past performance so some schools that have done not so well in the past um, if they've got very very bright pupils this year then they might be um, marked down because they're at a poorer school. Dofqual insists that it's fair, but today's results are showing individual uh, instances of students who seem to have been marked down when they were expected to do much better. But overall, um, the overall pass rate and the top grades has actually gone up by more than 2%, but it's these individual uh, cases of students being downgraded that are really upsetting people.
0: Now this week, students were told that there was this triple lock system going into place and and part of that was they would be able to appeal using their mock results. but this morning it's turned out it's not quite as straightforward as that
1: no, originally it was sort of billed as if you do better in your mocks, then you can just choose to to use your mock result, but you actually have to ask your school to appeal on your behalf and that mock has to have been taken under exam conditions. It has to um, sort of meet certain criteria. And actually, that criteria hasn't even been decided yet because the um, exam boards and Ofqual are sort of scrabbling around trying to work out how they are going to deal with appeals because the, the government announced it right at the last minute. The other problem is, you know, head teachers are just amazed at this decision because they know that mock exams aren't a standardised exam that every school takes at a certain time. You know and and aren 't marked in the same way like a like a proper exam. they are literally mock exams, so some of them are papers cobbled together from you know all, all different sources by teachers. Some of them are past papers, some of them sit them in November when they haven't had half the course taught to them, and some pupils even set them sat them in lockdown while they're at home, and also the teachers say that when they were working out the students' grades that they submitted to the exam board, they took into account their mock results anyway. So they they were already there. And it's very rare that someone does better on their mock than in the final exam or the final prediction.
0: And where does this leave the universities, Anna? Because they've got to decide who's getting the places and no one seems to know what results they've actually got.
1: Yes. Well, the first initial data from UCAS today shows that actually record numbers of students have been accepted on courses and and record numbers of students from disadvantaged backgrounds have got places. The universities have been asked to be lenient and it looks like they they have been Um, and also they've been asked be lenient on students who are going to go through the appeals process because of course you're not going to know whether your appeal has been successful for at least a week or so. Um, The criteria for appealing hasn't been published so a student might think what's the point of appealing I, I, I need to get my university course sort of locked down but um, universities have been asked to sort of wait for them and I think that's what they're going to do so so that's that's looking
2: optimistic I think. Next. The Christmas lights are a massive draw to the West End each year so actually bringing them forward. Perhaps the half term in October could be one of the earliest Christmases ever.
0: West End business leader Jace Tyrrell on why Christmas may have to be brought forward to save one of London's most famous areas.
3: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delaglio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium
0: This was Christmas in the West End last year. The streets crammed with shoppers, above them the famous lights of Oxford Street. This year will obviously be different. In fact, even the date could change. Switching on the lights early is one of the proposals being considered by businesses in an area that coronavirus has hit hard. Jace Tyrrell's the CEO of the new West End company, which represents 600 firms there, and he's with me now. Jace, just how bad is it there?
2: It's really precarious right now. So we've obviously opened for a couple of months. Uh, We had some shoppers obviously returning to the West End, but actually we're still two thirds down. And the real challenge is the tourists won't be back until 2021. And we have a lot of office workers only five or 10% back, which is a key part of the West End. So really tough time for our retailers, unprecedented actually. And probably this year, we're losing probably around five billion pounds. And that could be a lot of jobs unless we keep the support going for quite some time for the retailers in the West End.
0: So to get through this, you're going to have to be very creative. I understand one of those things is perhaps bringing forward the Christmas lights switch on. When would that be and, and why would
2: that work? I think with social distance still in place and probably this side of Christmas, it still will be. We need to spread out the demand. Obviously, peak Christmas, we have a lot of shoppers in the West End, even if the tourists aren't here. So one idea is perhaps spread out Christmas spending, encourage shoppers to come for a number of times, not do it in one go, think about different times of the day. And of course the Christmas lights are a massive draw to the West End each year. So actually bringing them forward, perhaps the half term in October could be one of the earliest Christmases ever for the West End Christmas lights. But I think talking to Londoners, there's a real desire to get out, see the West End again, and of course Christmas and the lights and the windows will be really important this year to give some sense of normality in what's been a really traumatic year for many people.
0: And of course, Christmas itself with summer being a bit of a washout, despite the heat wave economically, it's been a bit of a washout for the West End, Christmas must be extremely important to businesses. 100%
2: 100% I mean in normal years know, yeah, some businesses could take almost half of their trade in those 10 weeks so it's such a key part of the Western economy I think also uh, we hope with schools going back and really good track and trace in September by October and autumn we'll hopefully have some normality back to the London sort of yeah, working pattern if you like which is obviously getting into peak November December that's really important London is particularly come back and support the West End. A little fact I heard the other day, one in 10 Londoners are actually employed in the West End. So it's not just the businesses, it's actually the Londoners who are employed there. It's their jobs, really, if we don't start coming back and really supporting that bit of London.
0: Sadiq Khan has sent a letter to Boris Johnson, which the Evening Standard has seen. He's got eight proposals in there, including providing targeted support for jobs, extending support for freelancers and the self-employed, all to help the West End. Will those ideas work? Is it the government's responsibility to to save the West End?
2: I think it's a combination. I mean, it's public and private sector. We've got to find innovative ways to really help. But I think what the mayor's pointed out is just how precarious and how on a knife edge it currently is. A lot of decisions for a lot of companies are going to be made in the next year, four to six weeks, long before the budget in November of what they're gonna do with their stores, what they're gonna do with their staff. So I think a lot of what he is saying, we absolutely support. And I think the one big issue for us is business rates actually, which you know London was hit really hard with rates. We had an 80% increase a couple of years ago. And if we go back to that on the 1st of April next year, You're going to see hundreds of businesses close so the government really needs to which the mayor is calling for come out in the next month on what we're going to do from the first of april next year
0: of course we've been talking about shops and tourism so so far jess but if you say london's west end in new york city they'll think of theaters yes and they're all closed and it doesn't look like they can reopen just now is there any life there at all
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously we represent the retailers, but actually the whole Western economy, the the ecology is the theatre, the culture, the restaurants. And actually we benefit from all of that. And it's so desperate the theatres can't open. And I think the latest view is probably next year. But I think what we need to get to is actually the government default of social distancing can't be the default. We've got to have really good track and trace, excellent treatments, and then a vaccine. And we can't go on for another 12 months with social distancing. So I know there's a lot of people thinking about this. And of course we want the theaters back because that's part of what the appeal of the Western is. So maybe this Christmas we can do some stuff with the theaters and bring some of that that panto and culture to life in the streets of the West End in a very unusual year. But the sooner the theatres open, the better for retailers and restaurants as well.
0: That's what we need, a panto in in Oxford Street, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. And that's The Leader. You can keep up with all the latest COVID-19 developments with the Evening Standard's live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm.